So we've reached the middle of Mark's gospel, the watershed that divides it in half. Uh, Peter confessing uh, in Caesarea Philippi uh, that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. Uh, that, that's the turning point. And from now on, uh, they're uh, going uh, to be preparing for Jesus' uh, dying on the cross and rising from the dead in Jerusalem. Uh, if you're standing on a watershed, it's going to be downhill from that point. But to go to Jerusalem, it's uphill. So uh, you've got to understand uh, that. Uh, Jesus begins to open up to them now and share with them uh, the crux of his mission, which we started our reading with. Verse 31, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer and be killed and after three days rise again. He's saying to them, look, I am the Messiah, but I am not going to be like a worldly ruler. I'm going to reign uh, by being sacrificed. And he goes further than that. And this is what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, verse uh, 34. Whoever, he says, not just to his disciples, but to all who will follow, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. I'm not just a suffering Messiah, but if you want to be my real disciple, you must be ready to suffer as well. Now, we've been looking at the gospel, the free grace of God in Jesus Christ, uh, as we've been going through Mark. But whenever we had a mission as a Christian union, we always, after that, had what we called a challenge. A challenge. So the gospel isn't just Jesus has done it all, and all we need to do is accept him. That's true. And nobody more than me will declare that in this place, Sunday morning after Sunday morning. But alongside that, there is a challenge as well, if we will follow Jesus Christ. And that's what I want uh, to try and do uh, with his help this morning. Are you following Jesus Christ or have you just started to follow him? I just want to be honest with you. It's not going to be easy. It's a glorious thing, but there are sacrifices. So th this is what Jesus is saying. Uh, there's a phrase, isn't there? Easy believism. That's not faith in Jesus Christ. It's not easy to be a Christian. And Jesus gives us three things here, which we have to consider this morning. If we are real Christians, three things, you can see them, can't you? Deny himself, three verbs. What's a verb? A verb is something we do, action. Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Let me give you an illustration. I found my children's story. <laughs> it was in my suit pocket. I've had to renew my boiler cover. Have you got a boiler cover? And there's an agreement. There's an agreement. So the provider, they will do everything. Uh, they will come to you uh, free of charge if it breaks down. They will give you a free inspection. They're doing everything. 
and there are terms and conditions on our part. Yes, we have to pay, don't we, a certain amount every month. But this is what I'm trying to say. They will do everything. We have terms that we have to accept. We can't accept this on our own terms. It's got to be with their terms and conditions. And it's exactly the same with this glorious gift of salvation. We don't pay anything here. I have to pay with my boiler cover. But we don't pay anything to contribute to our salvation. Jesus, by dying in our place, by living instead of us, has done everything, right? It's absolutely free. But there are terms. And the terms we're going to look at this morning is these three things. Deny himself take up his cross and follow me. So without further ado, let's just look at these three terms. We've got to accept this gospel on Christ's terms, not our own terms. Deny self. What, what comes to mind? It's Lent, isn't it now? Um, Shrove Tuesday, last Tuesday, the beginning of Lent. Uh, people traditionally eat pancakes to prepare themselves for fasting in Lent. I remember some people, they used to deny themselves eating chocolates during the period of Lent. Now, for some of us, that's quite a big sacrifice. <laughs> but, but when Jesus here uses the term deny himself, in the original, it's a very, very strong term. Uh, it means to deny something very important, uh, even to forget oneself. Now, that's a bit stronger than denying yourself chocolate, isn't it? Let, let me read J.C. I haven't read J.C. Ryle for a while. Let me read J.C. Ryle's very challenging words. Let us ask ourselves whether our Christianity costs us anything. Does it entail any sacrifice? What have you given up for Jesus Christ? A religion which costs nothing is worth nothing. It will do us no good in the life that now is, and it will lead to no salvation in the life to come. How serious are we about being saved from sin, about escaping hell, eternal punishments, about going to heaven, if we really are in earnest about it, we're going to deny certain things, aren't we? Um, what, what do we have to deny? Well, I'm stating the obvious here. You can't hold on to your sin and follow Jesus Christ. You can't. We've got to deny what the Bible condemns as sin. Now, I'm going to use my words here very carefully. We do not forsake, leave our sin before we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in Jesus Christ as we are in our sin. Jesus Christ, when he hung on that cross, he died for us while we were yet sinners, right? But what I'm trying to say is this, and I'm echoing the words of Jesus Christ, if we are believing in him truly, not easy believism, it's by turning away from sin, and trusting in him. Can you see the difference? I can't hold to my sin in one hand 
and to the free gift of salvation in Jesus in the other hand. I've got to drop my sin. I can't do it in my strength. I'm praying, oh Jesus, have mercy upon me. Help me to forsake sin. That's what you've got to do. No salvation otherwise. Is there somebody here this morning who's been seeking for uh, salvation in Jesus Christ for a long time and nothing has happened? Well, maybe this is why nothing has happened. You're still trying to hold on to things that displeases Jesus Christ. You've got to forsake them. And then there's something else. We've got to leave behind anything that comes in the way of following Jesus Christ. Can I give a personal example here? Um, I was seeking salvation, as you know, in Aberystwyth University. I was convicted of sin. I knew Jesus had come to save, and I was seeking him. And you know what? The Lord spoke to me, and he said to me, you're not going to be saved unless you give up the West Wales Wanderers. Now, the West Wales Wanderers wasn't a football team. It was a walking club I was part of. I used to idolise the mountains. Uh, and the West Wales Wanderers went walking on Sundays. And I knew in my heart of hearts that if I was to follow Jesus Christ, I'd have to give that up. I couldn't. I couldn't because it was an idol, and I couldn't because they were going on Sundays. It was tough. Lord, I said, I, I don't think I can do it. And he would say to me, what's more important, salvation or going up the mountains? And I said, Lord, I need to be saved. <laughs> I, I'm ready to drop that. I'm ready to drop that. Have you ever seen Indiana Jones? And the, is it the last crusade, the third installment, uh, when Indiana and his father go looking for the Holy Grail? Uh, you know, I don't believe these things now, right? But the cup that Jesus used in the Last Supper, and they found it, and uh, Indiana Jr., he uh, goes and gets it, and he comes back with it, and there's an earthquake, and he's got the cup in his hand, and he's about to come back to his father, but the ground opens beneath him, and he's holding on for dear life with one hand, and he's holding on to the cup with the other, and his father is coming to rescue him, and he's saying to him, if you want to be saved, you've got to drop that cup. You've got to hold on to me with both hands. And you know what, my friend? If you really want to be saved, you've got to drop that cup, that idol, whatever it is. It may be something different for you. Oh, you've got to hold on to Jesus with both hands, right? That's what it means to be saved. Both hands holding on to him. And then there's something else we've got to leave. And this is the hardest, I think. Um, Spurgeon, he was speaking to his fictional character, John Plowman, uh, a farmer. Uh, and young Spurgeon was imagining, asking John Plowman the question, here is a really godly Christian. And young Spurgeon was impressed with him. And he asked him, what's the hardest sin you find? to turn your back on. And Spurgeon was expecting, you know, an impressive answer, like sexual immorality or something. But John Plowman said, self-righteousness. I've never forgotten that. The hardest thing to forsake is self-righteousness. 
What do I mean by that? I mean this horrible tendency for us to try and save ourselves. You see, in the end, if we want to follow Jesus Christ and be saved, we've got to leave behind. Think of a pile now. We've got to leave behind our sin. We've got to leave behind our idols. And we've got to leave behind our good works, our self-righteousness, our pride, our self-reliance. And somebody puts it like this. We leave them all behind in a stink, a fermenting pile. Oh, this is what the most proud of men, Saul of Tarsus, he was a religious man, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, he described himself. And what happened to him when he came to Jesus? He said, I count all things. Loss, uh, the word isn't strong enough. Rubbish, it's not even strong enough. The original says excrements. I won't go any further, but you leave it all in a stinking pile. Our righteousnesses, uh, says Isaiah, are filthy rags, petrifying. We leave it all behind. And you know what you do? You just come to Jesus as you are. You don't hold on to anything but one thing. Do you know what you hold on to? Let top lady put it. You know what I'm going to say, don't you? Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply. To thy cross cycling. Oh, what a glorious place to be. Are you there? You may feel wretched, but it doesn't matter. Simply to thy cross I cling. Lord, if you don't save me, it's all over. Naked, spiritually, come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Saviour, or I die. Deny. Deny. And then secondly, take up your cross. Now, what does this mean? Now, I've got to correct a misconception here. We often use the word, don't we? Um, if a person is going through difficulties, we say, so-and-so have their cross to bear. And, of course, that's right. We all have our different crosses, uh, different trials, but what Jesus is meaning here is something very, very different. He's talking here not about things that come to us, but about something we have to do. So if I'm following Jesus, he's saying denying yourself in a different way now. He's a good teacher, you see. He's saying the same thing in three different ways. So I've got to take up a cross. Now, what did that mean to these disciples? It only meant one thing for them. They were familiar with the sights of seeing a condemned criminal under Roman law going to his execution. And you know what he'd be doing? He'd be carrying his cross. And he'd be going on a one-way journey. And he would be going to his death. Now, what does that mean for me? Do you know what it means? It means if we are really going to be following Jesus Christ, we are going to decide to die. To die to self. To die to the world. What do I mean by the world? I don't mean the beautiful creation outside. I don't mean the good things that God showers upon us in life. What I mean is this, the whole outlook of the world. We've got to die to all of that. You can't be a Christian and try and be cool. Is there anybody doing that? The moment you're taking up your cross, you're saying, in effect, I'm dead to the expectations of others. I don't care what others think of me. All that matters is what Jesus Christ thinks of me. 
I found these words most challenging. Have you heard George Muller's saying about this? Very, very searching. There was a day when I died, utterly died, died to George Muller, his opinions, preferences, tastes and will, died to the world, its approval or censure, died to the approval or blame even of my brethren and friends, and since then I have only to show myself approved unto God. Oh, are we dead to what others may think of us? Are we dead to trying to be somebody, to keep up an appearance? You know, this cross is heavy, but at the same time, I can't explain this. What did Jesus say? Come to me, all that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Haven't you found that to be the case? When you die to what others think of you, and only care about what God thinks, you're released, you're released. Have we taken up our cross? In Luke, I think it says, take up your cross daily. So how long have you been a Christian for now? I was converted in 1990, not long after the Berlin Wall came down. (laughs) And every day, I've got to remind myself, I need to die, die to the world. Do you know what Mr. Spurgeon says? Oh, I found this helpful. Um, Are you afraid of dying? I'm terrified of the process of dying. And uh, Spurgeon was living his last days in Menton in the south of France. And somebody came to see him who was afraid of dying. And do you know what Spurgeon said to him? Oh, wonderful words. He said, think of Elijah. When Elijah left this world behind, do you know what Elijah had to do? He had to step into the fiery chariot. And Spurgeon turned to this person who was afraid of dying and said, can you do that? Can you just step into a chariot that will take you home? And he said, yes. Oh, my friend, if we're dying every day to this world, isn't it just a rehearsal for what will happen when we leave this world behind completely. Aren't we just going to be doing what we've been trying to do every day? I found that helpful. I die daily, said Paul. So deny yourself. Take up your cross. And then follow me, Jesus says. Follow me. If you had to define a Christian in two words, isn't it just that? Follow Christ. Follow Christ. Can I use this illustration? Um, The hardest mountain I've ever climbed in mainland Britain is in the northwest of Scotland, and it's called Antelach. That's Gaelic for forge, what they use, uh, uh, um, the blacksmith uses. And me and a friend many years ago were climbing Antelach, and we reached what they call a bad step. Now, a bad step isn't like the steps going up into the pulpits. It's a wall ahead of you that looks impossible. And we reached a bad step climbing up this mountain. Do you know what kept us going over the bad step? It was the fact that other climbers had already gone that way. And the guidebook we had said 
that that's where the root goes. And so, even though we were fearing for our lives, we managed to find a way up this bad step. And it's like that, you know, when we're following Jesus Christ, he said, broad is the road, and many be that on it that leads to destruction. But narrow is the path, and few there be that are on it that leads to everlasting life. Oh, it's often steep, it's often rocky. Yes, there are often bad steps, and we don't know how the way ahead is going to go. But this is what keeps us going. Somebody else has already gone ahead of us. Jesus Christ has been the forerunner for our faith. Doesn't that encourage you? And, oh, when you're going on a difficult route, the fact that you're following a leader is all that matters. He knows the way, doesn't he? Wherever he may guide me, no one shall turn me back. My shepherd is beside me, and this good shepherd knows the mountains like the back of his hand, and nothing can I lack. His wisdom ever waketh. He's never asleep. His sight is never dim. Praise the Lord. He knows the way he taketh, and I will go with him. Oh, don't you feel glad that you're not following your own impulses, that you're not the pilots of your own soul, that you're following Jesus Christ? You know, I see people getting older, and they've just lived for themselves, and they're more miserable now than ever. They've tried living for themselves. And I've seen Christians. This makes me to want to be a Christian. If there's anybody seeking here this morning, I want to be with you following Jesus Christ. Because as I've seen Christians who've denied themselves and taken up their cross, sacrificed things in order to follow Jesus Christ, do you know what? They've not lost out. They're more content. And they know where they're going. Is, oh, isn't that a wonderful thought? It's not the journey that matters. It's the destination. We're not going to eternal destruction. We're going to an eternal heaven. Oh, we're, we're traveling home. And even in this life, the journey is worth it because we've got somebody with us. Doesn't that make the difference in a difficult journey? That you've got a good companion. And what better companion than Jesus Christ? And he doesn't just leave us by ourselves in terms of life in this world. He gives us brothers and sisters. Isn't that what the church is all about? We're together traveling to our heavenly home. I'm, I'm thinking here of these disciples. They had to give up. Their, they had to give up their fishing. They had to give up their family. They had to give up their homes. You know, think of them living there in Galilee. What narrow horizons they had. Uh, they had their boats. Uh, the farthest they might travel to would be to Jerusalem on a feast day. Th th their conversation would be about fishing. Oh. And local politics. And they would have spent the rest of their lives there unless they'd met Jesus Christ. And you know, when they gave up all in order to follow him. It didn't narrow their lives, did it? It widened their horizons. Do you know how 
how far their horizons went in following Jesus Christ. Do you know where he led them? I know many of them went to their deaths, but how did he lead them? John, he became the Bishop of Ephesus. Peter went as far as Rome. He never would have done that if he hadn't become a disciple. And Andrew, a tradition says, went as far as the borders of Russia. Oh, is it? I'm trying to say... Isn't it amazing to be a follower of Jesus Christ? It makes your world bigger. You know, I had to give up the West Wales Wanderers, right? When I was a boy, I devoured books on mountains. There was one author, Poucher, I knew off by heart. And there was one mountain in Britain I wanted to climb on the Isle of Skye called Scour Alistair, a wonderful peak. Uh, and I... I knew I wasn't going to be able to climb it if I was giving up the West Wales Wanderers. I was converted in my first year. In the third year, I had a friend in the West Wales Wanderers, and he invited me to go on their summer trip. And do you know where they were going to? Not just to Scotland, but to the Isle of Skye. And Skye is called the Misty Isle, for good reason. But we climbed Scour Alistair on a glorious day. And I stood on the summit of Scour Alistair and I praised my saviour. Because even though I'd given up the West Wales Wanderers in order to follow him, in following him, he'd given me so much more. I didn't go looking for that. I was just looking to follow him. And I just want to say to you this morning, if you give up what is precious to you in order to follow Jesus Christ, he's worth it. He's worth it. Not only will you have salvation, but in this life, he will give you much more than you will have in simply living for yourself. Haven't believers here found that to be the case? He's worth it. I must come to a conclusion here. Um, uh, Baskarau, I think I'm right, Serene, in saying that one of Baskar's favourite songs was this. Think of the man carrying his cross. He's going one way. No turning back. Are you going to say this morning, this is the challenge. The terms. Jesus does everything in terms of salvation. But we have a responsibility. Are you going to say, in the words of the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. How simple can it get? It can't get any simpler, can it? I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. Will you decide... Now to follow Jesus. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus?
No turning back. No turning back. For his namesake. Amen.